Janine Moloch with the Environmental Justice Report. This is our third show, and we are probably a few minutes early just because I'm getting the hang of all this technology. But this show is set up to investigate environmental crimes wherever they may occur, as well as investigate the environmental criminal and and their corporate enablers. So give us a second, and we're going to be right there. Almost at airtime. So bear with me as I learn the ropes here. Welcome to the Environmental Justice Report with Janine Mala. This is July 30th, 2020. This is our third show. And tonight we're going to be talking about what I call the new intersectionality. And this intersectionality is quite different from what we've heard before. This title is the new intersectionality racist police, corporate polluters, and the banks that fund them. Intersectionality in political organizing on the left has become a major buzzword in our, in our world these days. It speaks to the inclusion of previously marginalized groups, and that inclusion must be the inclusion of these marginalized groups must be in substantive ways, not mere token gestures. That being said, there's a new intersectionality uh, at foot right now. And ironically, it's on the Republican side of the aisle. But this form of intersectionality doesn't speak to the same inclusion of previously marginalized groups. No, this form of intersectionality speaks to the what I would call the almost incestuously blended efforts of the police nationwide, and that includes the feds, criminal corporate polluters, and the banks that finance those same polluting industries. And the chief target of this report is the fossil fuel industry in conjunction with those banks and the police, uh, without meaning to sound redundant. So there was a new study that documented what I'll call the formal collusion between racist police forces, both at the local, state, and at the federal level, and corporate polluters, especially, once again, in that fossil fuel industry. Now, you add to that toxic sludge a gaggle of Wall Street bankers, and you have the makings of a type of coup. Now, for many years, corporate polluters and investment banks have contributed. You can call it a contribution. Some people call it bribery. Some people call it graft, potato, potato. But they contributed heavy sums of money to what are called police foundations. Now, what may look like philanthropy on the surface is in reality in my opinion, yes, a type of collusion that links these big money actors to the very police abuse we're now witnessing on our streets. And it turns out many years later that Occupy was right. So this study is done by a group called Little Sis and Little and Eyes on the Ties. And Eyes on the Ties with Little Sis is, the, is an online news site, and it comes from the Public Accountability Initiative in conjunction with this other group called Little Sis. So kind of bear with me, all right? And this group is trying to bring more transparency and information to basically the vast role that corporate power has in shaping our laws, our public policy. And then when you add to this mix, this basically all the findings of corruption and cronyism, and again, even the study calls it the intersection of business and politics, end quote. Um, they also post material that connects to other muckrakers and organizers and so on. And so this study, the title is actually Fossil Fuel Industry Pollutes Black and Brown Communities While Propping Up Policing. And it was conducted and written by Jen Armstrong and Derek Seidman in conjunction with Eyes on the Ties and the pub, Little Sis and the Public Accountability Initiative. So I had to clear that up. So they get into this and they say, you know, we're seeing a lot of movement for racial and environmental justice, and it's escalating all over the United States. 
these struggles. And, and it's no coincidence that these two movements are starting to become conjoined because they have a lot in common. They, they truly do. Um, so you see groups like the National Black Environmental Just, Justice Network um, actually point out in The Guardian that environmental, in an article titled Environmental Justice Means Racial Justice, and it does. Um, and when you're looking at the fossil fuel industry and then you look at racial injustice and then environmental injustice, you see that it's over and over again the same companies that are really creating this and driving this environmental racism. And it comes in the form of basically dumping toxics in com communities of color and lower income communities. And, and again, they do this because I figure that these communities that are lower income and our communities of color don't have the political wherewithal to fight them. But these same companies also fund police power in those same cities. And we're talking about cities from ranging from Houston to Detroit to New Orleans to Salt Lake City and so on. Now, the proof of this allegation, when we look at these police foundations, okay, and, and you've got to wonder, what's a police foundation? Well, that's a good question. Uh, police foundations on the surface try to look like they are some sort of, of philanthropic, philanthropic group that's helping officers in the community, but in reality, that's not what happens. So the big backers of these police foundations are, guess what? fossil fuel companies, oil and gas, also private utilities, and guess what? Occupy was right. Financial institutions, the same financial institutions, investment banks, and so on, that also bankroll the fossil fuel industry. And all these groups are big backers of these police foundations. And, you know, again, Little Sis did another paper where it's titled Corporate Backers of the Blue, How Corporations Bankroll U.S. Police Foundations. And these police foundations, they, they receive this money privately, and then they take that money and they buy additional military-grade military, military weapons, other types of equipment, and surveillance technology for police departments, including things like an LRAD device, which emits a high-piercing sound that can permanently damage a person's hearing for life. And these police foundations don't have to really report what they receive in their public police budget. So they bypass that. Now, the corporate actors that give to all these dubious police foundations um, are the same companies that are polluting and poisoning the air and the water of communities of color and lower-income communities. And those corporate actors range from Chevron to Shell to Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, and you'll see execs from these groups that are serving as directors or funders of many police foundations throughout the nation. And these companies sponsor events and even some galas that really celebrate the police. And this is propping up this police officer as warrior against, I guess, the rest of us. So fossil fuel companies, utilities, and the banks that fund them, according to this paper, they are prominent political players. And companies need to be, okay, because their profit is based on the extraction industry where they take these, these substances, oil and natural gas and so on, and they exploit it for their own profit. So they have that built-in incentive to have that really cozy relationship with all the police department at all, departments at all levels when they have to deal with community opposition. And in quite a few states, according to The Guardian again, um, the companies, as we've reported before in a previous show, they even back laws that criminalize protests of dirty energy projects. Okay? So what they're doing is they're backing these laws that criminalize protests, especially if it involves fossil fuel pipelines and so on. And what they're really doing is they're weaponizing the criminal justice system and the police department against the community to benefit the fossil fuel industry and the banks that supply the funding for their, their particular projects. And 
This was also reported in The Guardian. Now we see that there's a symbiotic relationship between the fossil fuel industry and the police, and you can see it as I'm talking being established. And so you have these companies that are, again, polluting black and brown communities like Marathon Petroleum in Detroit or Valero in Corpus Christi or Shell in Louisiana. And these are the same corporations that are propping up police through these police foundations. So this is another reason why these groups feel very threatened when community activists are not only talking about defunding the police, but they're also talking about divesting investment from fossil fuel and then wanting that reinvestment or reparation back in black and brown communities. So if the police want to hold on to their high-paid jobs and all their toys of destruction, they politically, through the police foundation, in my opinion, get in bed with these big polluters. And it's very cozy. Fossil fuel companies that are supporting these police foundations nationwide um, include the following. One of the biggest is Chevron. And this is, you know, one of the top, according to the study, quote, integrated in oil and gas companies in the world with a market capitalization value that ranked only behind ExxonMobil at the end of 2019, end quote. Chevron's the fifth largest U.S. refiner, and as such is the top polluter, according to the study. They own, Chevron owns two of the top six benzene-emitting refineries, according to EcoWatch in the U.S. Keep in mind, benzene is a proven carcinogen, highly, highly dangerous. So Chevron's refineries are off the targets of numerous environmental justice fights, uh, not just here, but also in Central and South America, where they're destroying the water of indigenous peoples. So we go a little further, we find out in Richmond, California, community residents fought many years, according to The Guardian in 2019, against the pollution, the power, and any what they call environmental racism, Chevron, because Chevron owns a big refinery in Richmond, California. And this is a city where the population is 80%, 80% people of color. So Chevron's one of the biggest corporate partners of the police there is. Sponsor the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation. They are also a board member of the Houston Police Foundation. They sponsor the Houston Police Department's mounted patrol. They also donate um, as of the end of 2018, and, uh, and they're a board member of the Salt Lake City Police Foundation. So after Chevron, you have another big donor to racist police, and that's Marathon Petroleum. Now, Marathon is, according to this study, the largest oil refining company in the U.S., and that is actually according to an EIA, an Environmental Impact Assessment, that was done by the EPA. They also, according to this assessment, Marathon has a history of environmental pollution, and where they pollute, According to the study, quote, disproportionately impacts the health of black and brown communities where the refineries are based, end quote. Now, as of 2000, Marathon has been fined since then over $1.4 billion for an assortment of environmental, consumer, and workplace violations. And the company, Marathon operates 16 refineries nationwide, and that is according to their own website. Um, and that includes a 250-acre refinery in Detroit, and Detroit is approximately 71% black, and this is according to The Guardian, an article said the blackest city in the U.S. is facing an environmental justice nightmare. Since 2013, Marathon's refinery in Detroit received 15 violations, according to um, their, their state government. And that was from the state environmental regulator. They, Marathon had gone way beyond the state and federal emission limits. Um, in 2019, the refinery uh, had a leak, a gas, which was a gas oil mixture, they said, and that created a toxic vapor cloud that sent workers to the hospital. And uh, again, um, that was and it looks like Rashida Tlaib wanted to hold Marathon accountable as well. Um, Congresswoman Tlaib. Marathon Security Coordinator is on the board of the Detroit Public Safety Foundation. 
and that's, again, another police foundation. Marathon is also a commanding sponsor of the foundation's fundraising event and the bronze sponsor of the Women in Blue event. After Marathon, another corporate polluter that gets in bed politically and fiscally with the police is Shell. Now, Shell is one of the largest fossil fuel companies worldwide, and that's, um, you know, we, we know that. It's also a major global um, source of carbon pollution. Now, we're talking about here, Shell has what's called an ethane, not methane, ethane with an E, ethane cracker plant. And this is the new source of what's been called another cancer alley. Now, this ethane cracker plant is near Pittsburgh. And there's some that think this could actually, again, the Guardian Road could turn um, Appalachia into what they call the next Cancer Alley. And Cancer Alley is a nickname for the New Orleans to Baton Rouge corridor of Louisiana refineries, and that's where Shell is also a major polluter. Cancer Alley runs through multiple black communities, and it's called that because there are extremely high rates, not only pollution, but subsequent cancer cases, far beyond what would be the normal incidence level. And that, you know, the communities there are blaming it on the refining and petrochemical operations. Shell's also a featured partner of the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation, and they sponsor the Houston Police Department's Mounted Patrol. So you see there's certain states, like Texas, like Louisiana, that really invest heavily through these foundations, and there's this, again, this incestuous relationship between these police foundations and the toxic police that we have and the toxic fossil fuel industry that is heavily invested in Michigan, Louisiana, and Texas. Now, according, there's another group called Valero. Now, Valero is the second largest oil refiner in the United States, and according to an environmental impact assessment as well, um, the refinery they have in Corpus Christi East, and that's also part of what they call Refinery Row, um, sits, it, it's situated near poor black and brown communities, and that Corpus Christi East refinery is, according to this, a top emitter of benzene, according to EchoWatch. Once again, benzene is hot, proven to be highly carcinogenic. There's no doubt about its danger. Valero has a board seat also, guess where? On the Corpus Christi Police Foundation's Board of Directors. Uh, once again, we see this relationship that is beyond inappropriate, all right? You have Hillcourt. Hillcourt is in Houston, Texas. And Hillcourt is one of, another one that's one of the largest privately held oil drillers, according to MarcellusDrillist.com. And it's known for buying basically older gas and oil fields from other companies and producers. And then they try to drill further and extract whatever's left. And the company is also known, though, for multiple environmental violations. From 2012 to 2015, their Alaska operation, uh, according to Inside Climate News, had 25 documented violations of environmental regulations, including, quote, allowing a gas pipeline situated on the seafloor to leak methane rather than halt production until the repair was possible, end quote. This is insanity. In Ohio, Hillcourt has drilling practices that were attributed and blamed for multiple, what they call dozens of earthquakes. Um, in Louisiana, they've been uh, accused of being responsible for several oil spills. Um, Hillcourt's billionaire co-founder and chairman is Jeff Hildebrand. Mr. Hildebrand also has a board seat on the Houston Police Foundation. Um, no shock there. Other fossil fuel companies that support police foundations, the same police foundations, the same police that are criminalizing protest, uh, arresting environmental protesters that are peaceably just trying to tell their story. The next one is Energy Transfer Partners. Now, they're a comp one of the companies that are also involved with the Dakota Access Pipeline. And guess what? They're listed as a sponsor of the Friends of the Dallas and Other Police Foundation. Aramco, Cabot Oil and Gas, 
um, again, sponsor Houston Police's Mounted Patrol Department. Can anyone out there spell corruption, bribery, graft? This is insane. And you have utility companies, which are also some of the dirtiest and most prolific polluters in the country besides the fossil fuel industry. Now, there was a 2019 report that benchmarked um, benchmarking report, and it was backed by multiple utility companies. And this report that many, that several utility companies actually backed, kind of backfired on them because it documented how the 100 largest utilities were basically uh, considered to be a source of 80% of measurable air emissions in the U.S. Now, there was another 2019 study, study and this one was conducted by energy, this was reported actually by energynews.us study and the article said, study of black low-income Americans face highest risk from power plant pollution. And, it, and it's true, okay, communities of color face the most danger, the most toxic risk from these polluters. And that risk includes not just respiratory problems, but also cardiovascular damage. And they face a much higher risk of death from particulate emissions that come from the power plants. Look, this is environmental racism. There's no guesswork here. Um, and utilities are big players in local power structures. And they also contribute quite a bit to police foundations. Now, keep in mind, these police foundations, once again, they don't necessarily report to the taxpayer. And it looks like their focus is split. I mean, are you really going to bite the hand to feed you? I don't think so. Um, at least not when they're buying you all sorts of fancy weapons of war. There's another one, Detroit Edison. It's an electric utility company. They're in Detroit. Um, their director of corporate and government affairs, again, is on the board of the Detroit Public Safety Commission, which is another police foundation. Now, DTE or Detroit Edison, they sponsor many of the foundation's events. And, and what does DTE do? Well, about 65% of the energy DTE produces comes from coal. And coal is among the, one of the dirtiest fuels that you can burn. Now, in May 2020, DTE was forced um, by a court to pay a 1.8 million civil penalty. And they also had to agree to spend $5.5 million on air quality mitigation projects. And this was part of an EPA settlement. Um, and that, that's because they were found to have violated multiple, multiple ways the Clean Air Act. Now we've got Exelon. This is another polluter that gets involved with the police. They're a publicly traded energy company. They are situated in Chicago. And they are the largest utility in the country. They have eight subsidiaries. They're also a major political player. Um, Barack Obama benefited quite a bit from donations from Exelon. Um, they are a prolific donor to police uh, uh, foundations. And this was, again, from their own website, exelonecore.com. Um, I guess they're proud of what they're doing. And once again, this goes to these police foundations. Um, so, for instance, in Baltimore County, BGE, now that's a subsidiary of Exelon, had a seat on the police foundation board and a gold level sponsor. It should be noted that here in St. Louis, Exelon also owns the liability for illegally dumped nuclear waste in St. Louis County, some of the oldest spent nuclear fuel in existence. So Exelon wasn't actually responsible for the original illegal dumping. They bought the liability when they purchased the company that previously owned the waste. Exelon, to date, has not seen fit to address this liability. Exelon is also involved in a major lobbying scandal, according to NPR. This was in 2019 in its home state of Illinois. Uh, and they are accused, Exelon is accused of um, basically hiring people in exchange for political favors. Uh, Exelon's been charged with bribery, and that's according to WBEZ.org, and they've agreed to pay a $200 million fine. In 2019, Exelon agreed to pay $200 million, 
and this is according to Washington Post, over 50 years, and this was in a, a lawsuit settlement uh, regarding pollution they were responsible for in the Chesapeake Bay. Now we've got another polluter that's involved with the police as well. You see how this just, it never stops. Entergy. Now, Entergy is also publicly traded. It's a Fortune 500 company. They're based in Louisiana, but they also uh, service parts of Arkansas, Mississippi, and Texas. Entergy is probably the most powerful corporate force, especially in Louisiana. Um, they have a presence, if you will, in prominent chambers, philanthropic organizations, you name it. Entergy is also a featured partner of the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation. Okay? And this is based on the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation's own website. These people, they're so bold, they don't, they, they don't even try and hide their tracks. In 2018, Energy has made some major headlines, um, and this looks like something would, Trump would have done. They paid actors, supposedly, um, to pose as grassroots supporters at a city council meeting. And um, this, they paid them like anywhere from, they were let's pay 60 to $200 and the meeting was, you know, about a proposed gas-fired power plant in New Orleans East, which is, which also has a large Vietnamese community. And there was a scandal and a lawsuit after that meeting and a city council investigation, and it caused the Entergy New Orleans CEO to step down. And that was, you know, again, documented there. Georgia Power. Georgia Power is another one, largest subsidiary of Southern Company. Um, the Southern Company is considered the, most, the second most polluting power company, according to the Los Angeles Times in 2019. Georgia Power, guess what? Big supporter of the Atlanta Police Foundation. In fact, one of, it has a representative on that foundation's board of trustees. And in addition to the board seats, Georgia Power sponsors quite a few fundraising events. And then they made a direct $500,000 donation in 2016 directly to the foundation. And again, that donation was noted by Southern Company Media Room.com. Again, there was a 2018 investigation by the Environmental Integrity Project and Earth Justice Together. And what they discovered was that 11 of Georgia's 12 coal power plants, forget this, quote, contaminating groundwater with toxic pollutants. Well, you need to understand something. Most Americans don't know where their water, their drinking water comes from. They just assume it comes from a river, not necessarily. Groundwater in a lot of places is your drinking water. Seriously. And this they were basically, it was discovered that they were contaminating the groundwater. And 10 of those plants in Georgia belonged to Georgia Power. Scary. Then you've got Duke Energy. Again, another publicly traded electric power company. They are headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina. And guess what? Major sponsor of the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Foundation. Duke was considered... Uh, number one polluting power company in the country, again, in 2019 by the Los Angeles Times. In 2015, Duke had a major coal ash leak, and according to the New York Times, they were sued in North Carolina. And by 2020, they were forced to agree to the largest environmental cleanup in U.S. history, and that's according to the Washington Post. Duke still owns a, the Gallagher plant in West Louisville, Kentucky, which is coal-fired. And in that area, over 30% of the residents suffer from documented environmental-related illnesses. Duke is also the second largest owner of the Atlantic Coast Pipeline Project, which was recently abandoned as reported by USA Today. Other utilities that also back police foundations. And you have to ask yourself at this point, Remind yourself, why are they backing police foundations? Because it is technically a pseudo-legal way. It's technically legal. And it's a technically legal form of bribery. Basically, they get special treatment by those police departments, I'm sure, 
for their foundation work. There's nothing confusing here. It's pretty obvious. Okay, so there's other utilities that also have donations, a.k.a. bribes for these foundations. There is the Atlantic Coast Pipeline by Dominion Energy, and Dominion is a mega utility. Now, the Atlantic Coast Pipeline has been canceled, but they have a board um, on the Richmond Police Foundation, and there are donors to the Salt Lake City Police Foundation. While the um, Nevada Energy has a board seat on the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Foundation. This is just, you know, it's sickening. Now you have financial institutions, okay? Fossil fuel companies can't just run on their own money. They require big banks to provide those loans, those investments, whether it's in the form of, invest, you know, direct investment loans, whatever. And they really depend on banks, asset managers, insurance companies. Now, many of these firms that are financing our climate crisis which is causing and, and in dumping and causing the environmental racism are also helping to bankroll and, and support these police foundations across the U.S. This is all about big money, okay? This is, you know, basically a clever, nice little, all, all the pieces are falling together. Um, you don't have to say conspiracy theory because it's not a theory. So, when black and brown communities and environmentalists come together and demand that we divest from fossil fuels and reinvest in, gr in green technology, and when they demand that black, black lives matter, these fossil fuel financiers, once again, want to hedge their bet. And so they, they give big money to these private police foundations that really operate under the radar. One of the banks, J.P. Morgan Chase, they are a top global financier of fossil fuels. They funnel, according to this study, they funnel, quote, over a quarter trillion dollars towards oil, gas, and coal. And that was just between 2016 and 2019, end quote. And that was according to the 2020 Banking on Fossil Fuels Report. Uh, former ExxonMobil CEO and Chairman Lee Raymond is on record as being a major climate denialist. Inside Climate News did a, a story on him. He's also on the board of J.P. Morgan Chase. All right. J.P. Morgan Chase serves as a sponsor and, quote, a corporate partner of police. And this is according to the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation, according to their website. They're bragging about it. And this group, this New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation, they use those corporate donations to fund all sorts of little toys, okay? Things, like I said before, surveillance technology that might not actually pass the smell test if the public knew how they were getting this equipment uh, and recruiting and training police. And the bank's donor relationship to police foundations goes back quite a way, okay, almost a decade ago. Um, J.P. Morgan was scrutinized for an enormous $4.6 million donation to the New York City Police Foundation for what they called, quote, security upgrades, including new patrol car laptops and security monitoring software for the department's main data center, end quote. And that was actually written up in Police Magazine. Um, you know, organizers have protested against J.P. Morgan Chase in Chicago, They've, or they've demanded reparations, especially after a report came out that, quote, revealed egregious racial disparities in the bank's mortgage lending practices in the city, end quote. Another finance props up fossil fuel and police foundations, Wells Fargo. They're the second biggest global banker behind, behind fossil fuel. Um, they have financed almost $198 billion just between 2016 and 2019. And that was according, well, uh, IEN Earth. Um, Wells Fargo's had its share of scandals, um, and it has 
quite a few ties to police foundations. Um, it's a platinum sponsor and has two board seats with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Foundation. It's a partner and donor to the Seattle Police Foundation and a director and sponsor of the Atlantic Police Foundation and a donor to the Salt Lake City Police Foundation. Um, and then when you're looking at racist practices and institutions, Wells Fargo's coziness with the police is just one example. The bank has been involved in alleged discriminatory lending. They've also propped up the prison industry, the private prison industry, excuse me, prison industrial complex. Um, now we have Bank of America. You know, it just sounds like this thing just goes on and on and never stops. And, and that's how deep the corruption is. Now, Bank of America is the fourth largest global financier of fossil fuels. Uh, again, they lend, it, lend out nearly $157 billion between 2016 and 2019 towards oil, gas, and coal. Um, as well as being a lender to some of some very controversial pipeline projects in the U.S., Bank of America played a key advising role in Occidental's acquisition of Anandarko Petroleum uh, a year ago, which is one of the largest oil mergers in many years. Bank of America also um, had the biggest increase in financing fossil fuels from 2018 to 2019, $13.1 billion, compared to any bank around the globe. And that was according to the, the report Banking on Climate Change in 2020. Bank of America also sponsors the Philadelphia Police Foundation, and they also have involvement in Chicago, New York City, and the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Foundation boards. They've given $200,000 to the New York City Police Foundation. It, it goes on, and it just never stops. And again, Bank of America's ties to these racist practices, they go way beyond just Supporting racist though they agreed to pay 4.2 million in quote back wages and interest to resolve alleged hiring discrimination violations found at several of the bank's facilities, according to the U.S. Department of Labor. Next one we have is BlackRock. Now they're one of the planet's largest asset managers, and they are a major one of the largest investors worldwide in oil, gas, and coal. And according to a 2019 Guardian report, BlackRock invested $87.3 billion in fossil fuel through various portfolio funds. And the Guardian report also was quoted as saying that BlackRock, BlackRock has, quote, routinely opposed motions at fossil fuel companies that would have forced directors to take more action on climate change, the analysis revealed, end quote. Um, again, and their, their uh, top guy, Larry Fink, He's also a major supporter, one of the most powerful police foundations in the U.S., the New York City Police Foundation. And he's not just a donor. Fink also co-chaired their gala, their annual gala from 2016 to 2019. Color of Change, which is a major online racial justice organization, is demanding that Fink and BlackRock stop supporting the New York City Police Foundation. We've got Morgan Stanley. Okay, this just goes on and on and on, all right? Uh, again, they sponsor, they, they're on the board of the Atlanta Police Foundation, um, Charlotte Police Foundation, and so on and so forth. And they are also heavily invested in supporting fossil fuels. Goldman Sachs, 14th largest financier of fossil fuels, at least from 2016-2018. Again, big backer of police foundations in L.A., New York City, Salt Lake City. So basically, when these big fossil fuel companies and these big banks that fund fossil fuel, when they sponsor and help to govern and, and fund these police foundations, they are supporting not only the, their own uh, their own uh, financial end, you know, bottom line. But they're also supporting the very police departments that are tyrannizing communities of color. And this is something that has to change. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I think that, you know, again, this is something that it's technically legal to give money to police foundations, but it probably shouldn't be. 
not when there's a major conflict of interest. You can't say that there isn't some quid pro quo implied at the very least. Now we've got Chevron again, and we've got what I call Black Lives Matter hypocrisy. Now the oil giant just put out a big campaign where they, you know, they fund civil rights groups and police, but they say that Black Lives Matter, even though Chevron commits multiple acts of environmental racism all over the world. Now, and keep in mind also that Chevron is one of the biggest corporate partners of the police and police foundations, okay? Chevron is a corporate partner in the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation. They're a board member of the Houston Police Foundation and a board member of Salt Lake City Police Foundation. So for them to claim that they are so worried about Black Lives Matter is absolutely ludicrous. Um, And once again, this is just nothing more than a PR trick Okay, it's a way of framing an argument to make it look like they're they're actually trying to fix something when they're not. Um, and this is something there was a House committee hearing on fossil fuel, what they, what they call fossil fuel deception, about a year ago. And congressional reps from these states that really depend on oil and gas uh, for their economy. Um, they use this talking point in the writer, Amy Westervelt. Um, I'll quote her. She said, quote, they repeated a long-used talking point. A clean energy transition is just a big fuck you to poor people. They claim that it risks leaving marginalized communities out in the cold and stalls development in Africa, end quote. Um, and then, quote, again, they love to talk about how dependent African growth, economic growth is on fossil fuel never about how they've destroyed water sources and wetlands and murdered protesters there. The grossest part, fossil fuel companies also fund various civil rights groups to spread their message for them, all while simultaneously literally choking the life out of black and brown communities with refineries and petrochemical plants, end quote. And it is, okay? They're speaking on both ends of their mouth, you know, while they are poisoning black and brown communities worldwide they want to look like they're being politically correct and saying Black Lives Matter when it's obvious when they support police foundations, Black Lives Don't Matter. You know, Chevron, you see this ad, and it's uh, in honor of Black History Month, Chief Diversity Officer Lee Jordan shares some thoughts about hardship and triumph. It's pure nonsense, okay? It, it just is. This is, they can't keep track of all their lies. They, they just can't. Um, and it's sad because people are really being hurt by these companies. So, you know, we're looking at this, and then we look at not only the big money behind fossil fuel, the, the profits that it generates just by selling the product, as well as um, the money that big banks put out and earn. And then we look at how they, once again, you know I sound like a broken record, support these police foundations that probably shouldn't exist. Uh, And part of this particular article calls it the thick blue line, okay? Um, And see, what's happened is environmental groups um, sued over a refinery expansion deal, and they got Chevron to basically cough up $90 And it's one of the largest community benefits agreement ever signed with an oil refinery project. And the increase is going to be used to fund educational opportunities for Richmond residents, as well as environmental remediation. But guess what? There's another $2 million in there for the police. Now, it should be noted, according to this, Richmond has approximately 50% more police than larger neighboring cities. Why do they need so many police except to basically keep people down? And their former police chief, Chris Magnus, told the Mercury News, quote, it's just the fact that Chevron is a big part of that funding base, end quote. And now the company's funneling even more money into the Richmond Police Department. So once again, we have this mixing uh, of elements that should not be together. And it should be noted that in you know, Chevron has been found guilty of dumping toxic wastewater in the Amazon. They had to pay 
$9 billion to indigenous groups. At least that's what the court case said. In Nigeria, Chevron brought in private security forces to basically, you know, pound on and even murder unarmed peaceful protesters. Um, there was a lawsuit filed against the company by Earth Rights International, and the quote was, quote, soldiers and police paid by Chevron arrived in Chevron helicopters and shot and killed two protesters, one with four shots in the back, another with three shots to the side, according to autopsies. More protesters were arrested and some were tortured. Chevron noted that the military was closely supervised by Chevron security personnel, end quote. So I guess racism belongs in Nigeria, according to Chevron. And this is one of the things that we need to stop, all right? The fact is we have this, this mingling, all right? You can be diplomatic about it, but the truth of the matter is, is that when these fossil fuel corporations and big banks give so much money to police foundations, money that does not appear on the public books. So the public doesn't know. And that's money that buys all sorts of additional weapons of war that, again, is under, under the radar. Do you honestly think they don't expect some sort of repayment, some sort of quid pro quo? Because I think they do. So while, in conclusion, while any of these financial institutions or fossil fuel corporations have a right to support I can hear them screaming, whatever civic groups they desire, no matter how questionable, and they, they can support what they like. These same corporate banks, fossil fuel corporations, they do not have a right to use what can only be called, called out as bribery, graft, or any other form of illegitimate influence as a way to purchase favored treatment by police, which represents a public agency supported by taxpayers. These police foundations represent a form of political gifting that lacks transparency and accountability. The appearance of corruption is strong, and these police foundations should be forced to return any monies or equipment from private enterprise. Anything short of this looks far too much like what it probably is, bribery. Now, there's a second story that wasn't listed for tonight, and I need to speak about it, though. It isn't directly about environmental justice, but it does speak to a growing injustice coming from, surprise, surprise, the Oval Office of Trump and the GOP of Trump, okay? Keep in mind, as much as I despise Donald Trump, and I do, in my opinion, Donald Trump is not only a racist and a psychopath, but he's a neo-Nazi, okay? No doubt about it. But understand this, Trump is not an anomaly, as I've said before. He is mainstream GOP. He's just merely the useful idiot that's doing the dirty work for George W. Bush and several other members of the GOP that were too cowardly to do it themselves. And they're laying back and thinking, <laughs> we can pretend that we really weren't for this all along. And that's pure nonsense. So earlier today, and we're probably in the wee hours, the BBC reported first, I believe, Trump tweeted the election should be postponed because he quote, unquote, alleged that the increase in mail-in or absentee votes that have been spurred on by the, as a response to the COVID pandemic will lead to massive voter fraud and would be unfair to this would-be infant king. Folks, nothing can be further from the truth. Now, I looked up an article from factcheck.org, and factcheck.org is a project from the esteemed Annenberg Public Policy Center. And it speaks to basically the latest, what I'll call Trumpian lies. So Trump tweeted this, that, you know, going to be uh, massive voter fraud because of absentee ballots and mail-in voting and so on. So we should just postpone the election. Now, we know Trump's been talking about this for a couple months now, that maybe we should, we should postpone the election. And it, it was like a... a uh, a trial balloon that he sent out there. And like Trump usually does, he first makes these remarks, makes it look like he, it was just an afterthought, and then he tweets it. And then he does something. Remember when he was saying, we should, you know, if the protesters hit the streets, we should hit them with guns and bullets and everything else. First he talked about it, then he tweeted it, and then guess what? 
he sent his own goon squad, his own secret police, federal officers to Portland, Chicago, and my home state of Missouri, Kansas City. And they have been, as we all know, pulling people off the streets, pounding on people. They tear gassed a wall of middle-aged and elderly moms and grandmothers whose only crime was singing in a form of a lullaby, um, you know, hands up, please don't shoot me, okay? Then they tear gassed a wall of veterans. And then they went after a wall of dads who were apparently wielding very dangerous leaf blowers. This is the crazy world we live in. And the fact is this. First of all, when a, talk, when a president talks about postponing an election, you have to understand something. The president doesn't have any power or any right to decide that particular issue. That resides with Congress. So if you're really hot about this, this issue, you need to call the congressional switchboard and I'll give you the phone number at the end of this. I'll give it to you now. The congressional switchboard number is 1202-224-3121. And if you want to talk to a congressman or a senator that's not your own, just tell them you're from that state. They'll connect you. So Jerry H. Goldfeder is a lawyer who teaches election law at Fordham University School of Law. And he said the president cannot delay an election. Only Congress can do that. And he was quoted as saying, quote, it's beyond remote that a divided Congress would postpone the election. We have held 58 presidential elections during wars and depressions, and they've always gone forward, end quote. And then in a New York law journal, Goldfelder wrote, quote, Constitution explicitly provides that a president's term is four years, and the new or reelected president is sworn in at noon on January 20th. There is no provision or precedent for a sitting president to extend his term beyond that. Congress alone has the authority to adjust this election timeline, provided there is sufficient time for either Biden or Trump to take the oath of office at noon on January 20th, end quote. Okay? Now, Trump is, and his, his acolytes are saying, uh, the mail ballots are corrupt. The thing is this, there's absolutely no evidence to back that up. In fact, the evidence points the opposite direction. There isn't hardly any voter fraud in this country. There is voter suppression, especially of minority communities, and that's sponsored by the GOP. But the president is calling this out as inaccurate, it'll be an inaccurate and fraudulent election. And just the idea that an, an American president would do this is outrageous. Right? It, it just is. There is, I can't recall anything this vile in all my days. Uh, you know, if he loses the election, and I pray that he does, Joe Biden and his group and anybody who's not a traitor is going to have to be ready with troops to remove him forcefully because that man's not going to go peaceably. Mark my words. What we have to realize, too, is that just like Goldfeder said, any possibility of moving the election or delaying it rests with the Congress. That means we, we don't have to worry so much about the House because until the election anyway, the House is controlled by Democrats who aren't very useful, but they're not going to go along with it. At least I don't think they will. And the squad, AOC and a bunch, they're going to keep fighting. The Senate is the major problem. I would encourage everyone that really believes in democracy, it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever, if you believe in democratic representation and your right to vote, no matter what, and have your vote counted, you need to flood the congressional switchboard, and not only that, the emails of major senators, every GOP leader, not just McConnell, the whole lot of them, and let them know, to use Trump's words, don't be nice. Let them know that they will be held accountable. Furthermore, there is a little bit of a rumor out there that Bill Barr might be attempting to help Trump get away with this. Uh, Apparently, Secretary of State Pompeo, who ironically is a Harvard-educated lawyer, he was grilled about Trump's tweets today about the ele- delaying the election. And um, Pompeo refused, according to this, this article in USA Today, quote, Pompeo refused to refute the idea that Trump could delay the election. This is a Harvard-educated lawyer. He doesn't know any better, seriously. 
and then Pompeo was quoted. He said, I'm not going to enter a legal judgment on that on the fly. And that's when he was pressed in the matter by Senator Tim Kaine. And Pompeo went on to say, quote, the Department of Justice and others will have to make that legal determination. And so there is this inference that Bill Barr, as the uh, attorney general, may try to somehow get craft some way that Trump could get away with this. And that's the other thing, too. These major players, Trump's enablers, not only certain GOP senators and certain Democratic powers, but Trump's enablers, Pompeo, that means especially Attorney General Barr, several others, they need to be held legally accountable. They need to be impeached. People don't understand that cabinet members can be impeached. In fact, it's easier to do that than to a president. And then, and I'm not the only one who says this, Bill Barr should be disbarred. Okay, over 2,000 prosecutors earlier in the year called him out. Okay, and yet, in spite of the fact that this president is articulating the idea that he could just stay in forever, he doesn't have to follow the election, he doesn't have to obey the law. I mean, think about that. And what we, what are we getting from Congress? Silence, a dead vacuum. Threat to democracy that Trump is proposing, it, it, we, we don't hear anything coming from congressional Republicans. My own home senator, uh, one of them, uh, Roy Blunt, who is, I think, number four in the national GOP leadership yet. He's like maybe one or two steps below McConnell. His office claimed that, well, the senator's not sure how he's going to respond to this. Excuse me? He's not sure how he's going to respond to a president saying he's going to delay an election and illegally remain in office to a president that is talking about usurping democracy itself, to usurping our Constitution. He's already trampled our Bill of Rights. No, this cannot be allowed to stand. I know I'm pontificating more than usual tonight, but this is important. Regardless of what you think about Joe Biden, I'm not a fan. I'm going to vote for him because, frankly, anything will be better than Trump. The, the, the excrement that comes out of my dog's hind end is better than Trump. But the fact remains, regardless of what you think about Joe Biden or anyone else, we have to demand that the members of Congress, both houses, the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, are held accountable and that they will put Mr. Trump in his place. And they will put Mr. the Attorney General in his place. And no, I'm talking about do not be nice. Go after Mr. Barr's law license. Go after Mr. Pompeo's law license. Impeach them. Make the lives of the GOP and, yes, some of their Democratic enablers in Congress a living hell until they do their job, until they obey the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. This is not rocket science. This is not hard to understand. Never in our history has any president suggested delaying an election. And let's face it, what does delaying mean? Delaying means it'll never happen. That's what it means. And that is unacceptable. Trump has trampled the Bill of Rights. He has his own secret police that are attacking moms and grandmothers in the streets. And now he's talking about delaying an election because he might lose. And the silence I hear coming from GOP leaders is unacceptable. When I see the Attorney General say, well, I don't quite remember what the law says on something. Excuse me? These are Ivy League law school graduates. What needs to happen, especially in the House, is they need to take Mr. Pompeo and Mr. Barr and some other cabinet members and say, you are dangerously close to being in contempt. There's a nice little jail cell waiting for you until you answer our questions. You get the government you deserve. The question is, do you think we deserve democracy, and are you willing to fight for it? I pray that you are. And God bless the kids and the adults in Black Lives Matter.
Once again, they have shown us what the meaning of being an American, the meaning of democracy truly is. They understand patriotism. From a nation that has abused them every step of the way, and yet they still believe. God bless them. And let's get that orange maniac out of office. Call Congress, 1-202-224-3121. And I will see you next Thursday, and hopefully I'll have less of a rant. Have a good one.